This week on Podcast 17, we discuss Dear Esther, I share my impressions on Fortress Forever, we take a look at some awesome media from both Goldeneye and Raindrop, and we finally get a chance to interview Dogmeat and Wills from Jailbreak Source. So stay tuned, get yourself strapped in, and get ready for Podcast 17. Alright, welcome to another edition of Podcast 17. It is January 25th, a nice Sunday morning, afternoon for our guests in the UK, and uh, we are going to have an exciting episode for you guys. I am, of course, I am, of course uh, William Cubic Virtuoso. I'm here, uh, like always, every week from Podcast 17, www.podcast17.com. And this week we have Thomas. Uh, Thomas, how's it going? I am severely plugged. Well, severely plugged. plugged. Aww. Yes. You have sinuses? Um, some kind of wicked cold. Oh, that's no good. Anyway, also this uh, this show we have Andrew and Dogmeat from Jailbreak Source. How are you guys doing? Yeah, good afternoon. We're very well. Yeah. We're very excited. <laughs> oh, are you not very well? No, I'm great, actually. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> We have no Podcast 17 news this week. Nothing very interesting going on with us. We don't have much going on except for the fact that I want to say that uh, we are on Half-Life Creations forums. Just like last week I mentioned that. Uh, you can check us out. You can just click the form link on the top of podcast17.com and uh, check out our forums. Post about anything you really want to. And we also have a ModDB profile. So if you go to moddb.com and uh, type in Podcast 17, you'll find our profile. Every Friday is when we're going to be posting uh, the shows on ModDB, even though we post the shows on Podcast 17 on Monday. So it's, it's kind of confusing, but uh, if you're a ModDB junkie, then expect to see our shows every Friday. And uh, that's about it for Podcast 17. So I guess we can move right on over to the news. And uh, we got a couple things that were released this week. And on the very, very first piece of news, we have Sanity and Progress. Did anybody play Sanity and Progress, other than me? Uh, not, not here, I'm afraid. No? No. no. Thomas? <coughs> no. 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 Well, Sanity and Progress is just a really, really short uh, map pack. Actually, it's just one map that was posted on Planet Philip. I think it is in progress. I'm not sure if that's part of the name. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but Sanity in Progress is uh, just a short, short map. Um, kind of blocky, but you can tell it's somebody's uh, first try at a map. It's pretty good. Um, Philip from Planet Philip gave it a 3 out of 5. I think I'd go for a 4 out of 5 because it was a little bit more exciting than most maps out on Planet Philip. Um, you get a lot of ammo and you just basically kill a whole bunch of stuff. It's very easy to play through. Other than that, there's not much. It's for uh, Half-Life 2 Episode 2. You can check it out if you like those sort of games. Um, but, you know, we talk about this all the time. Andrew, what do you think about uh, first map releases? People... Uh, me? Am I the only Andrew in here? Well, there we go. Yeah, yeah. First map releases. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I think, to be honest, first map releases, you've got to, you've, got to, you've got to bide your time a bit. You've got to say, okay, well, this is my first map. 
unless it's got something that really stands out, some kind of new element to it, new sort of uh, game mode or whatever, something interesting that really makes it stand out, then just kind of avoid it. I'd, I'd say like make five maps before you even even think about releasing. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, kind I'd, of the consensus. Yeah, I think it, it's not. It's nothing down to. Um, I don't think it's anything down to like. Uh, I forgot my train of thought there a bit, but <laughs> um, it's just it's just an element of. Um, you know, your first five maps are not going to be good. You know, if you've never done mapping before, they're not going to be good. And you are going to get a lot of criticism for it because people are harsh on the internet. You know, they're just, that's just the way they are. And it's just going to get you down. You know, you make five, four or five maps, something, you know, they don't even have to be finished. And then you're going to get a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge about brushwork and what you're doing with mapping. And you're going to bring out something good and you're going to get a boost because people will like it. Which yeah. Make you make yeah. more maps, you know? Just psychology at the end of the day, ultimately. You know, it's kind of protecting yourself from the evils of the internet angry men <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a good point i mean there are a lot of you know anonymity on the internet makes people makes the true nature of humanity come out, so. <laughs> so people what can be really evil what are you really thinking <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> but uh it's pretty fun for a first map i mean i've seen much worse and uh i think it is in progress all right, next on our list is uh, Half-Life Deathmatch Co-op Puzzle of Love, and this is a map that Nick and I were playing um, for a while, and no, it's not some kinky map that Nick and I have been playing, but uh, it's a puzzle map for Half-Life 2 Deathmatch, and basically what it is is uh, you enter this spawn area, and you have about eight chambers, I think it's eight chambers, eight or seven or something, and each chamber is a little bit different, one's like a jumping puzzle, one's a... Uh, don't step on the wrong pieces of the floor puzzle. Um, one is you have to build bridges to get across to the other side. Um, it's it's really, really fun. And Nick and I had a lot of fun playing this. Uh, it's about, I think it's about like eight hours almost. Of eight game hours? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Maybe not that much. But uh, yeah, it's a really, really good team building exercise. That's what we were saying. Um, almost like uh, if you're in a corporate environment and you needed to... Um, and you needed to enhance your, you know, your teamwork skills, you would play something like this. There's no shooting. Um, it's just you really have to work together in order to get some areas. It's interesting. It's fun. Totally going to download this. I didn't, yeah, didn't, didn't realize this before, but it's totally... I mean, it, it doesn't... I mean, you know, I'll be, I'll be horribly honest, but it doesn't look fantastic from the pictures I'm looking at here. But, it, it, you know, the idea of having cool puzzles to work through, and that's totally like what we're doing with our escapes, you know? Totally going to grab yeah. some inspiration from this. <laughs> yeah, there's actually a really cool one where they take uh, the grav gun and they set, uh, I guess, the physics gravity on the objects to zero, and you have to build this bridge to get across these gaps. So you would take these objects and you'd spawn them, and then you'd build bridges to get across these kind of uh, labyrinths of vertical obstacles. It was really fun. That was our. Cool. That was probably the most fun we had in that entire map. There's other uh, puzzles too, but it's pretty good. I was very surprised. It's not visual, visually appearing, appealing by no end. It's an ugly ass map, but uh, <laughs> it's fun. It's really cool. fun. So just downloading. Is it possible yeah. to sabotage the um, the traps and so on to kill your teammates? Yeah, you could if you wanted to. You can pull uh, you can pull floors out of the way, or in some maps, I mean, you can get in the way of other ones. On an unrelated note, we should totally play that later, Wills. Yeah. Hell yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so you can sabotage me, is that right? <laughs> I don't know what gave you that idea. 
if you have a good group of friends, it's not just for two people. We're kind of making it sound like it's for two people. Um, you can build, you know, so long as you can fit 14 people, whatever, 24 people in a server, 32. Doesn't matter. Um, so. But it's fun to play with people you know, of course. These types of maps are mainly for people who you're close with that you're talking on either Skype or controller or something. Mm. Not just some random people. So you can overrip them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, next on the list is Fortress Forever. And, uh, you know, I have an admission that I haven't played this mod in probably, I don't know, how long has it been out? Ever since the first release. And I am now in love with this mod. I love it way better than TF2 because I hate TF2. Uh -oh. Now I'm going to get tons of hate mail. But... You idiot, you've just killed the ratings. <laughs> <laughs> But Fortress Forever, oh my god. If you liked TFC, you will love Fortress Forever. It's mm. so um, I, I totally love Fortress Forever. It is a fantastic mod. So much. I mean, it, it's very much different from TF2. You know? Yeah, 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 it is. Um, it's different than TFC and TF2, both at the same time. I mean, obviously different than TF2, mm. but uh, they added some extras to, to Fortress Forever, almost so that it's almost it almost feels like it's built for the more, more advanced player. Um you know, they add these counters and stuff. Like, when you're timing your grenades, they have an actual progress bar that counts it. And it's almost like they're saying, we know you can count the grenades, but this this is so that you can get those precision kills. So it's almost made for the elite. It's, it's really cool. I mean, that, that sort of normally puts me off a game, but when playing Fortress Forever, I mean, I'm, I'm a terrible, terrible player of every online game, honestly. I'm absolutely rubbish. And it, I'm awful in Fortress Forever as well, but it doesn't put me off. I still enjoy it. You know, and that's kind of rare when you have a game like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, make? yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. And the beauty of Fortress Forever, in my opinion, is it has giving. That makes that makes <laughs> me happy. There's not enough HL2 mods that have that has giving. Absolutely, totally. Agree <laughs> so, uh, every every game needs yeah, gibs. Of course. <laughs> Another good thing about Fortress Forever, though, too, is the maps. I really, really enjoy playing through the maps. They're not exactly like the TFC maps. Like, 2-4 is just a little bit different. Well, not maybe not just a little bit different. A lot different. But uh, it still feels like the original map without copying them. It's cool. Very cool. Unlike, you know, TF2's 2-4, which is just, you know, a visual enhancement almost. But uh, the rest of the mod is fun, and it has a, such a good community. I don't know if anybody remembers playing T Team Fortress and playing in the... Uh, the old-timer servers. It's basically a whole bunch of old guys who would play. I know, it might, might just be me, but uh, I remember playing in those servers and meeting a whole bunch of really, really cool guys, and now they have the servers up in Fortress Forever. It's nice. It's nice. Excellent. Very exciting. Have to, very have exciting. To, have to hunt those out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a very, very polite group of people. So. It's good. It's always nice when you play a game and it's friendly. I mean, you know, there's, there's nothing worse than joining a server and just being called a noob repeatedly. Exactly. Without getting something. Just totally puts you off it, but yeah, it's cool. Alright, next on our list is uh, Stargate Last Stand release. This released last Sunday, so we're kind of getting to this a little bit later, but uh, we missed it on the last episode. And actually, Dan and I, Akart and I, played this. I don't know if Akart's here, but uh, we didn't really enjoy it that much. Talk about trying to pronounce words and having problems with the English language. This mod makes it happen. Um... I guess you have to be a Stargate fan to enjoy it, but uh, there's nothing really that separates this mod from any other mod unless you're a Stargate fan, and then you'll really appreciate it. So I guess those are few and far between. Can someone clear it up for me what exactly this is? Because there is another Stargate mod released, or is this the same Stargate mod that's been released again? 
I believe this is the same Stargate mod. Um, maybe maybe if I explain it, you'll you'll key in. Okay. Um, basically, there's there's obviously the two teams. There's the I don't know the aliens and the humans. I can't remember the names, nor can I pronounce them. Um, and then you get a whole bunch of weapon loadouts. You can either play as like a heavy, a light, or a medium. Uh, and then most of the maps are just objective based. Uh, you have to push from one objective to the other, almost like dystopia. Um, so every map kind of follows that sequence. And the the interesting thing is the the thing I really, really, really liked about this uh, the thing I really liked about this mod is that when you beat a map and you followed you know the the, the essential map cycle that comes with the, the mod. The next map continues on from the previous map. So, you know, you'll push into an area, and then the next map will continue further on from that push, just into another environment. It was very, very cool. I, I have never seen a mod do that. Does that sound familiar? No, it doesn't. I think, I think, I think there must be another one. Stargate TC, I think it is, that I'm looking up now. Oh, maybe, um, yeah. Yeah, I, and I wasn't into that at all. I mean, mainly, and, and kind of leading on from the last conversation, because as soon as I joined a server, everybody hated me, because I was new. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of like, it almost felt like it was just a, a, a game full of beta testers, um, who mm-hmm. just knew, knew exactly how to play. Um, although, on the other hand, I haven't played this one, this yeah. Stargate Last Stand, so it might not be, it might be great, I don't know, I haven't played it. A couple of things about this mod, though, too, is uh, the HUD design is actually really, really nice, and... You know, selecting your loadout and uh, you know, setting yourself up before actually playing the game is really well done. They, they concentrated a lot on that. And the maps are nice, too. I mean, there's some beautiful maps. Um, the weapon animations aren't that great. And the balancing is just horrible. I don't know if they did this on purpose, but they made it so that, uh, you know, if, if you're fighting an alien and you're a human or whatever, you just get destroyed. And I hear, I hear some Stargate people talk about, you know, you should work together as humans just like in the show. Instead, um, so so you should get ripped apart by a single alien, but it's just unfair to no end. It is so unfair, especially in the close quarters areas. So they got some balancing issues to work on. It looks very nice, though. Yeah, have a look yeah, at the is, old uh... pictures. It does look quite swish. Um, <laughs> does the? I mean, it's something I, I never be, I'm never able to tell from pictures and without actually in-game footage. But does it feel good, like the movement and the? Um, the weapons and the animations and things like that, because that was something that was lacking, I thought, in the other one, uh, Stargate mm. TC. Yeah, it does feel good. It feels a lot better than most mods. I know exactly what you're talking about, where mm. the gameplay isn't kind of up to par, or it kind of feels jumpy. Yeah, yeah. Like the reaction action time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one feels good. Like I said, it's just a balance issue. Cool. So, if, if, if you're going to play, play Aliens, and then you'll have fun. But if you're going to play as, like, the humans, then you're just going to get ripped apart, and it's just kind of discouraging until you actually play humans. Or Aliens, sorry. Anyway, that's Stargate. Um, next on our list is Dear Esther, and uh, this is a single-player... A new version of this was released, version 1.1, and this is a single-player narrative. Um, it's really one-of-a-kind in that sense. Basically what it is is uh, you play through this map and a series of maps i think there's about four maps and uh as you walk through these maps you have this narration of this guy in your in your ears and there's no action to this thing you're walking very slowly through an environment a beautiful environment and uh he kind of narrates his life and what's going on with him very metaphysical and uh philosophical almost uh it's kind of messed up i want i I really want somebody else to play this so i can talk about it with somebody i played it hello oh did you Yes, I sent you a message like a day ago. Oh, I thought you didn't play this. Okay, so oh, I played it. What did you think of it, Thomas? Well, it's it's definitely different. Um, 
it was really I like it was really weird because even though I recognized the environment and some of the textures, it actually was just a little creepy, and it was because of this narrator um, and his voice. It was just that perfect stereotypical British voice in your ear telling you about the drawing room, you know, and it just added to the atmosphere. And the creepy stuff that was drawn all over the rocks, I won't say what it is for those that haven't played it yet. But it was just, the atmosphere was A+. Towards the later levels, the architecture, like, the mapper really did his homework when he uh, designed some of the interior areas. I don't think I'm giving away anything by saying that. No. Um, yeah, no, it was really good. The only thing that really annoyed me was the slow walking. Now, I know that I'm supposed to be taking the time to view everything and, you know, take it in, let it absorb, but I found out that the reason you walk so slow is because the sound files are map triggers. They're not triggered yeah. by anything else. So, you can actually bunny hop through the game and have all the sound files overlap, which I accidentally mm -hmm. did the first go-around. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that as well, and, uh, you know, what, what would happen is I'd get to a sound file and I'd just stop there, because I really didn't like the slow walking, and then when the sound file was done and I'm done taking in, like, the scenery around me and that sort of section, I would bunny hop to the next sound file. It might have ruined it for me, but uh, there's something seriously interesting going on with this, this mod that isn't going on with others, and uh, what I find interesting is that they, they say it's a random... Um, experience. Now, I haven't played it a second time, and I was talking about this before the show, but I think if you play it again, you get a different narrative, but along the lines of the same story. So I'm thinking about playing it again, and maybe Thomas and I can talk about this on the side later, because I don't want to ruin it for people. But uh, maybe if we can get the same ideas for the narrative. It is kind of confusing. Were you confused about what was going on until maybe the very end? Um, yes, and even at the end, it's like, yeah, you know, it was uh, not very clear, but it wasn't supposed to be, so that didn't ruin it for me. It's like, oh, okay, there's there's a real big picture going on here, and I need to catch up. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like uh, they assume you know what they're talking about, but they're going to talk about it anyway. The, the greatest explanation I can put into what this mod is about is, it's without ruining it, is it's some guy um, that went through a um, crazy amount of hardships and is now going on some spirit walk or um, towards his final resting place. Does that sound right to you, Thomas? That's what I kind of got out of it. Yeah, and there, I would even go one step further, but I don't want to ruin anything for those that haven't played it, so we'll talk about that later, perhaps. Yeah. Is it set in Scotland? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, because it looks very so. Scottish. It's got a very Scottish feel to it from the look. They really oh, nailed well, no, the atmosphere. No, no. I don't. I don't know if it's set in Scot Scotland because the guy is English. He's from the UK. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The guy who narrates it. He's from Portsmouth. No. Is it good voice yeah. acting as well? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. man, is it ever? Hey, cool. Oh yeah. Yeah, Excellent. it's nice. Definitely gonna have to yeah. give it a go. Very professional. I think he's doing it for a university project, and he's creating kind of an experimental game mode. Um, but this is cool. If you haven't played this, and maybe if you're a developer and you're looking for ideas, maybe something like this might help jog some uh, creativity. Because 
even though in itself it's a little bit boring, I, I don't want to say it's a little bit boring. I had a really good time playing it, like kind of in the dark and getting into it and getting into the story. But it can get to you after a while. I'm glad it it was just the perfect length. It wasn't too long and it wasn't too short either. If it was any longer, it would have got like really boring and annoying. Um, but maybe if somebody in, or incorporated some of these things into their own mods, it would be interesting, kind of like a narrative or, uh, you know, an interactive piece. And that's that's what I love about modding is that people can go ahead and do this kind of stuff without having to you know have the pressures of commercial sales and whatnot. They can just do something that's really out of the you know out of the box thinking or whatever. You know, I really enjoy yeah, that about maybe, modding. And maybe if only people only forty people played Dear Esther and those forty people love it, well, I mean, obviously that's not going to make you money, but mm. you're getting a hundred percent market or getting a hundred percent of your audience Success. enjoying what you made, right? So yeah. Absolutely. That's what it's about. Cool. Anyway, if you haven't played Dear Esther, all you listeners out there, then uh, go ahead and do it because you're messing out right now. And it's, it's not that long. Uh, if you don't enjoy the first five minutes, then you might as well turn it off. But if you do, then play it through. Have a good time. I'm sold. So, I'm downloading. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and you the reason we bring me. it up, the reason we bring it up is because version 1.1 came out and 1.1 fixes a whole bunch of map bugs. So if you haven't played it, now is a perfect time to play it and to catch up. But if, Will do. If you have played it before, then don't bother. Um, but, yeah. So just everybody out there, there's nothing new here. There's no new maps. It's just a whole bunch of new bug fixes and stuff. There is one thing I would say before we go, and this is kind of almost like a mini walkthrough because I was stuck at the very beginning for like 10 minutes. Um, always yeah. read the shit that's on the rocks because... Some some of it's actually directions telling you where to go. Um, I would listen to the narration about uh, a, an individual that was supposed to be able to move said rocks, and I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to bring stuff to this, and the rocks will move. <laughs> I went down to that shack at the very beginning of the game and took everything out of the shack and walked it up to the rocks, and then I realized, oh, the path is off to the left where the arrow is pointing. <laughs> See, I didn't hear that piece. I didn't hear about a guy who can move rocks, so it must be completely random. Because I did not hear anything like that. Interesting. Which is crazy. Really crazy. Anyway, moving on. Uh, I think we talked enough about that. And uh, now Thomas can tell, talk to uh, about uh, Occupation CS Source 1.3 that was just released on ModDB. What is this all about, Thomas? Um, well, I'll tell you what it's about, and then I'll tell you what it, it really is about. Um, what it is is that it's pretty much a, a modification that's supposed to add uh, realistic, and I'm doing air quotes here, bullet physics and uh, realism, realism, realism into the CS universe, but it's almost like a mod on its own, right? Um, what it consists of is you pretty much spawn in certain uh, modified Counter-Strike source maps, and you go around killing these uh, NPC characters and you do that with like a very similar buy menu that is horrendously complicated because you'll select your weapon then you have to select the ammo type and that sounds really cool except when you have to go through like 15 different ammo cartridges uh, for one weapon and uh, each amount of ammo costs a certain amount of money and weighs a certain amount, so you can only carry so much. Um, what else? And this is all going on. They use standard 
uh, Counter-Strike weapons, but somehow they managed to give them iron sights, which look atrocious. Um, it's all default Counter-Strike stuff, as I said before, so it just doesn't look good. And all of the different ammo types and body armors and all the stuff that's supposed to make it realistic and fun just retards the experience to the nth degree. And when I say that, I really, really do mean it. When you add so much to a game that cannot handle it to begin with, like Counter-Strike, Half-Life 2, I do not put into the realism bin. But this mod is attempting to cram a circular object through a triangular-sized hole, and it does not work. No matter how hard you hit it with a mallet, you are going to scrape corners. And when you're playing this game, it's needlessly complicated with all the different ammo types because they all really do the same damage. Like, oh, they have different penetration physics and blah, blah, blah. And it doesn't really translate out that way. And it's really, really disappointing. And not only that, the game is incredibly frustrating. The heads-up display is just a garbled mess of trash. Like, if you look at the mod DB videos, they're really disappointing. Yeah, I, I was watching the one video and I noticed that the HUD was just way too confusing. I mean, they got a whole bunch of things going on here. I'm just looking at a pause version and they got some private and some money balancer and then some HQ and whether or not the area is secured or not as far as I can tell and some progress bar talking about it and then your ammo status and your stamina and your health and your armor and something else, your vitals. It's almost know. like an RPG virtually, isn't it? <laughs> You might as well just made a nice little HUD and covered up half of your screen. Yeah. Is this even, is this yeah. even legal? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I might be just talking out of my ass here, but if they're packaged up sort of modified CS maps and then made a mod of it, is that even legal? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's in public domain. I don't know if the counter yeah. Like, I mean, Half-Life stuff is in public domain. You can take Half-Life weapons and put mm. it into a mod, so... Mm. Yeah. I guess, I mean, unless you're mounting it on set Counter-Strike as a Counter-Strike mod. I guess, I don't know. Yeah, like, you need both Counter-Strike Source and half oh, right. 2 to okay. play it, so I would imagine that's probably how it's yeah, 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 that makes sense. Yeah, unlike that other mod that we talked about, actually, an update, uh, maybe this is some follow-up before I forget, we, last week we talked about fire guns, oh, and yeah. uh, we actually got that mod pulled down from ModDB. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they were packaged up the whole of Half-Life, weren't they, with it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. So we we mentioned that last week on the show, and then uh, you know Dave Traeger and Ryan from ModDB were like, "What?" <laughs> they just pulled it down. <laughs> uh, <nice>. <laughs> <laughs> so we have some influence, all you listeners out there. We influence the community. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, occupation source, I don't know. So I thought this was multiplayer, but you're, it sounds like it's single player now, Thomas. Is it? Um, well, apparently it's both. Like, it was apparently designed for online play, but I couldn't, you know, bribe anyone to play this with me, and I tried. I'm like, here's five <laughs> bucks, come play this mod with me. They look at the mod DB profile, and they're like, ah, oh, no, man, I've got to do dishes. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I guess that's your final verdict, is uh, dishes are better. You might as well just do dishes, right? Well, at least d dishes, I understand how to do them. The objectives are clear. The heads-up display <laughs> is minimal. And I feel satisfaction at the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
All right, uh, I think that's enough about that, but uh, <laughs> interesting. Interesting uh, verdict. Uh, moving on is uh, just a quick little map. I want to cover this real quickly. It's called Nuke Test, and I found it on FPS Banana. I like covering these little maps on FPS Banana. Basically, all it is is just this giant environment, and uh, there's, a, there's a bunker with a button. You hit the button, and this nuclear explosion goes off, and it's, it's unlike anything I've ever seen in any Half-Life map. It's uh, it is so realistic, and if you if you're looking at the screenshots right now, anybody who's in the show or even listeners right now from looking at the yeah. link, um, it does look that good, and that's not a skybox. That's all in like a, a map. That is not a skybox. You can literally walk up to that, but of course you'll die. But it's a <laughs> giant explosion that happens, and every time I hit that button, my whole computer just freezes for like a good five seconds because like, <laughs> the particles and stuff. <laughs> So what's he done it in? Is it the episode two engine? Is it like particle effects and whatnot? Yeah, yeah, it's just Fantastic. purely episode two, but uh, cool. it's cool to watch. It's really, and then you know you hit the button and the sirens are going off, and uh, you know it's very they they get you really in the mood, and then this giant flash happens, and then you see this giant explosion and billows of smoke, a lot Superb. of giant stuff. <laughs> Superb. I have to check that out as well. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to release the source for this, or the guy's going to release the source. I don't know. I don't uh, know if he you, actually has you it got, uh you got those decom- decompiling things for that. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I mean, it is all entities, right? I guess so. Yeah, it must be. So if you're a mapper, yeah, if you're a mapper, then uh, go ahead and decompile it, get the entities, and make your own, mm. your own maps. I think it'd look really cool in a skybox, like a smaller version. Mm. If you had some post-apocalyptic mod and you just have these nuclear explosions going on in the background in the skybox. That would look really cool. That would be awesome. Anyway, um, so like I said, I just wanted to touch on that real quick. Next on our list is Empires 2.22, and I am a giant Empires fan. Um, so if you play Empires, you need to update and you need to get on this bandwagon because uh, they now have you know proper icons for all the buildings and the mini-maps. Um, a lot more detailed textures, looks awesome, um, new weapon stats, uh, and they fixed a whole bunch of bugs that were really, really being a pain, uh, mainly the commander bugs, if anybody's familiar with that. So, if you play Empires, you need to play, you need to get 2.2, or if you don't play Empires, you need to get 2.22 and play Empires right now, because it's a great mod. That's what I wanted to bring up about that. And that's the end of the release list! So uh, we're going to move on over to Media Blitz, and our first Media Blitz goes out to uh, Golden Eye Source, and they, they deserve this Media Blitz, because this week, I think they must have released nearly 50 screenshots, it's ridiculous, of new things, and we haven't heard from them in a while. Um, has anybody taken a look at all this stuff? My god. Yeah, I mean, they, they like did a, a real nice job with that. Yeah. They've been releasing all the new maps and everything, or screenshots of all the new maps, like fa- uh, facility and uh, bunker and caverns or caves or whatever you want to call it. Um, and these maps are just so beautiful, and they're uh, they're revamping their models, I guess. But I mean, how far can you go with this mod? They've already recreated Goldeneye. <laughs> all they can do is just make it look better, right? Make it perfect. Single <laughs> player. Well, they could just, I mean, they could just put facility and that's it and that's enough for me. It was just yeah, the, me too. The, the, the N64 Goldeneye map. Yeah. 100%. That was everybody. That was everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Hiding in the bathrooms. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Superb map. Just shooting odd job as he wanders by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe they could add single player, eh, Thomas? That'd be cool. Yeah, that's, I figure if they have absolutely nothing better to do, 
get a few scripters, a few voice actors, and yeah, like it's they already have the mapping and coding talent. That's pretty apparent. Mm-hmm. Surely it wouldn't be that yeah. difficult either. I mean, it, uh, I can't remember much of N64 single player Goldeneye, but it, it can hardly it. hardly be as complicated as something like Half Life Two. You know, you right. probably be able to pull it off. It's mostly killing people and going to the end of the level, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but that's what made it so awesome. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they've been t- pumping out tons of media. So if you haven't been following this mod, now's a good time to go to their profile, click images, and just cycle through these images um, of all the new stuff. I mean, they just released something three days ago again that I haven't seen yet. And, uh, you know, they got uh, Boris with the golden gun there. That's a good shot. I love Boris. I'm invincible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. That was that good was times. Excellent. Excellent. Frozen. Yeah, man. <laughs> anyway, Goldeneye is a, such a good, good mod. They have a lot of a lot of really good screenshots up there. So check it out. Talking about nice screenshots. Next on our list is Raindrop, and oh my god, beautiful. Every week we talk about, yeah, every week we talk about this. It's always something better with them. Jeez, they just keep releasing better and better things. Mm. They got that their new teaser video. Did you watch that teaser video on the 19th? Yeah, it's superb, oh, wow. superbly atmospheric. Yeah, and uh, like eerie, really eerie. You know what it reminded me of was uh, has anybody seen those videos of the Russian scientists making those dog heads? Oh yeah, when when they were like still chopped off. That's what it reminded me of. Twisted. I showed this to my friend who really doesn't care much for half-life i mean he doesn't follow it and he was like man what is that i want to play that you know and i don't really get those responses from people who don't play mods Mm. but uh it's crazy this game is weird and i never realized it was this weird and horrific until watching the trailer i thought it was just kind of this rundown environment but yeah i think this mod started out actually on interlopers um as just a thread i think we just started out with one guy. I think his name was well. Okay, I found his name, Master Donut. Mm-hmm. I think and he just started making a really awesome map, and everyone just went wild for it. And I think it developed from there to become the Raindrop mod. Nice. Mm. I wonder how many maps he's going to have in this because I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into every single one of these areas. Every screenshot, you could tell there was just hours and hours of work. Cool. I, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, but is this is it is the Raindrop mod a kind of um, group affair in a, in a sense like people are just kind of chipping in here and there because I know a thread came up on the jailbreak forums about it saying that somebody's just joined the mod and they haven't got any assigned tasks yet um, and I wonder if it's just kind of like a, a kind of you know there's a few people leading it and then everybody else is just kind of chipping in models here and there do you, do you guys know? I have no idea no? Fair enough I know right now they're <laughs> seeking they're seeking uh, coders and character artists so I mean they are trying to build up their repertoire almost mm. um I don't know. There's some people who are saying this mod is dying, but I have no idea what they're talking about. This mod is not <laughs> dying. It's like brand new. Yeah, man. There's tons of awesome shots on there. Mm. But uh, it might be a conglomerate, as Nick calls it. Um, That'd be the word I was looking for. Yeah. From interlopers. Um, but, I mean, what's what's really the difference, right? If If you have a mod and you have people working on your mod and then they're just contributing... Versus mm. people who are active members, you, you're still not paying them. No, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I never thought of it as a negative thing at all. It's, it's definitely, a, you know, and the, the mod looks absolutely amazing. Really, yeah. really incredible. It shows what you can do do with a source engine, you know. 
Yeah. You know, with all those people that say the source engine is dying, it's just not at all. I mean, you look at some of these pictures and they're absolutely mind blowing. Mm-hmm. This is one picture of uh, kind of like in a warehouse. Actually, it kind of looks like a pool. Yeah, it is a pool. Yeah, it's, it's a pool. And yeah, it's in Pripyat. Yeah. I know where that pool is. Yeah, and the and the blending of the textures is just so beautiful. Everything mm-hmm. just flows. Like, you don't see that. Everything... Most other mods, all the textures are just kind of segregated. Like, here's a wall. This wall has this texture. Here's a floor. This floor has a totally different texture. But everything is just flowing with each other. I've never seen something like that. So beautiful. Top-notch work. Absolutely top-notch work. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that's Raindrop. And then finally, um, our last little bit of Media Blitz comes from um, you, actually. You want to tell us about your Media Blitz? Yeah, we can do. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, basically, this media blitz has been uh, partly a shameless attempt to get votes for the top 100 for the mod DB, as which we got into, which we're well chuffed about. But yeah, I mean, it, we we thought you know we've we've released all this cool media recently, and we thought well, we haven't really explained any of the uh, detailed elements of what we've really changed in Jailbreak. Yeah, you can you know you know there's robots and dinosaurs, you know there's new weapons and all that kind of stuff and new maps and whatnot, but it's not like the details. So we. We sort of went through a news post and made up all this, uh, made up, got some media together from the weapon swapping and the stealth, um, the stealth shader that we put together and the new menus and updates to older maps and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah. It looks good. I mean, you guys are always pumping out a lot of really, really good media, especially right now as you're prepping for release. So, mm. yeah. And you have, you have your little evolution of a map section, which is yeah. cool, but we'll, we'll We'll touch on that a little bit later during the interview because I have okay, cool. questions about that. Cool. Um, but before we get into the interview, we're going to talk about Blast from the Past and uh, talking about um, talking about Raindrop. We're going to be talking about this week the Waste, which is another uh, post-apocalyptic kind of Fallout um, Shadows of Chernobyl type mod. And I remember playing this, and it was just so fun. There was nothing like it when it was released at, at that time. Thomas, what are your best memories from the Wastes? Um, my best memories of the Waste are actually pretty recent ones. Uh, Daniel, uh, Ashik, James, and myself, all from Half-Life Creations, actually downloaded this mod and said, well, let's pop up the server and give this a go. Like, I had played it when it came out, and then it was like, yeah, okay. And then we went back to play it again, and it, it was so much fun. Like, uh, every weapon had a secondary function, and you have to remember back then in Half-Life, that was a big thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. The weapons were incredibly diverse. No, there was no two functions that repeated themselves. Uh, the only downside is that uh, certain weapons were very, very, very overpowered. Like, if you picked up the G11, you were pretty much unstoppable. You would be able to thread three bullets into the same area, pretty much doing instant death. You'd do over like 250 damage. Um, but no, and the maps were amazing. Like the, the mappers that they had did the best they could with the gold source engine. Like they made some very realistic and very convincing uh, post-apocalyptic environments. And I just like nukes and when they go off and the prospects of what might happen afterwards. So I fell in love with this mod. Yeah. Have any of our guests ever played it? Is is this um? I, I'm getting confused. Is it Wasteland Half Life or the Waste? Because because um, is there a difference? Because I remember there was a mod where you could have dual weapons in Half Life One, but it could be different weapons. You could have like a shotgun and a pistol, or you could drop the pistol and pick up a machine gun and have a shotgun still. Same one. I think they're two different ma- mods. Uh, okay. 
if I if I remember yeah. correctly. Um, hold on, I'm just looking it up real quick. But I remember yeah. some of my earliest memories with the Waste when it was first when it was first released, and uh, wow, what a good mod! It was just such a good deathmatch mod, and it made you feel like you know the weapon the weapons really were key in this mod, um, which made it beautiful. So. Yeah. I just have uh, yeah, I've just found the Waste now. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're, they're two mod. separate mods. They're two yep, separate yep. mods. Um, the so Wasteland not, was... It. Yeah, the Go Wasteland on. was a little bit more popular. And the, the thing that was really nice about Wasteland, uh, as opposed to Waste, was uh, they were... you. From what I can remember is you can, like, duel different types of weapons. That's right, yeah. So, yeah, you could pick up, like, one weapon and then pick up another weapon and it'd just be dynamic. You can duel any any two types you would want. You yeah. Want. Oh. That was that was absolutely superb. That game. We, me and Dogmeat used to play that at LAN parties back when we were at school. <laughs> awesome game. Yeah. But yeah, no, I haven't played the Waste though. I'm afraid the Waste is actually kind of fi- hard to find on the net. Um, mm. I think there's only one little link on File Planet that I found, which we'll put in the show notes for anybody who wants to play it. But uh, if you type in the Waste in Google, you actually get the Waste source, and uh, they haven't had an update in since like 2006. But mm. uh, I still have an IRC channel though. So I don't know. Maybe there's people in there. Uh, but I think this mod is dead. It's it's a shame that certain really really good Half Life One mods haven't been ported over to Half Life Two. But sometimes they just don't work in that environment. So so anyway, um, that's the waste, and that's our blast from the past. Now I think it's time for our interview, though. So uh, without further ado, we have uh, Wills and Dogmeat. Dogmeat's been kind of silent. Sorry, Dogmeat. I don't even know if he's here. Yep, I'm here. Sorry, I have my microphone turned. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad because we've been kind of ignoring you. No, oh, that's cool. Will's tend to do all the talking. I'm quite happy to sit back and let him blabber on. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to take over. <laughs> yeah. So before we get into the questions, why don't you tell us what Jailbreak is for everybody who doesn't know? Jailbreak is a mod for Half-Life 2. It's uh, a completely... 100% total conversion this time around for the next version. Uh, is about the idea is basically to you have two teams and you have two jails and when you kill a member of the opposite team they end up in your jail and from there you have to kill all the all the opposite team to get them all in jail in order to win a round and do, when you're in jail um, you can either be released by your teammates or you can escape using various contraptions and uh, devious escape routes and jumping over pits of fire and whatnot through volcanoes, etc. And it's all just crazy, basically. You never stop, you never stop playing, you know? It's, it's kind of one of the things we wanted to make sure of when we did this, when we made this mod, is to do a mod where you never stop having fun. Yeah. So uh, one, one thing that always comes up about Jailbreak Source is that you guys started off really low-key, you know, using a lot, of, uh, a lot of Half-Life models, a lot of Half-Life textures, and then you kind of evolved into something a lot better. So tell us about your iterative iterative development cycle and what that means and how other mod developers can take advantage of something like that to make their mod really really precise and pristine to be perfectly honest um, I'm going to jump in here if you don't mind Wills um, to be perfectly honest please I don't, do, please I, do. I don't think there's a great more um, detail to it than what you've said we pick some features we want to do we do them um, we see how the community takes them how they go down um, we decide what we're going to do next and carry on that way um, and it just means we can, you know, get a good mod going because we're taking mm. um, feedback very often to make sure that it's what people enjoy playing. And just carry on that way. It, the other uh, key thing to it is it also means that we have easily attainable goals, which I think is yeah. really important to keep the motivation up. Um, 
absolutely keep going with it. Yeah, totally. I mean, if you end up, if you sort of decide I'm going to do a full mod, everything finished before I release it, and then you release it, you, you're going to suffer from the same sort of player fallout, that, player fall off that every, every other mod does. Except you've finished. That's it. You, you're done. You know what I mean? That's going to be disappointing for a team. Yeah, and you can't refine things like that. No, exactly. Whereas, whereas the way we've done it, I mean, you know, not saying it's the guaranteed right way to success and all that kind of thing, but you know, we, we spent, we spent, uh, me and Dogmeat started off with the first version. We just spent three weeks on it, and that was it, and just released it. And all it was was just basic modifications to the original Half Life Two. The original version was fifteen megabyte, I think it was, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And that was just to find out if people enjoyed it. You know. Now, was so there was a that? point? Was there a point in the early early development stages where you guys said, you know, we really want something like this? But let's just make it work and uh, release that, and then we can build upon this later. All the time. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, we're, we're doing that even now. You know, we're saying, well, we really want to do this X thing, but we're just going to say, no, we're going to finish 0.5 now, get that out, and we'll put that in the 0.6 column. <laughs> <laughs> and we've done that all the way through. You know, things we wanted to do for 0.4 have ended up in 0.5. Things we wanted to do for 0.3 ended up in 0.4, etc. You know, it's always always been the case that we've... we've uh, Set. I mean, we have, we've never set a date. We've never set a deadline for things, but we have set you know what's achievable right. in a short, in a in a fairly reasonable period of time between releases. You know, yeah that that could be that could take a lot of uh, discipline. I would assume then you know really really wanting something, really wanting to work hard towards something, and then uh, and then kind of almost I don't want to say giving it up, but just putting it on the back burner. And I don't think <laughs> enough uh, I don't think enough development groups really do that because they put a whole bunch of stuff on their plate and they never release anything and it kind of mm. deters them away from getting anything because you know they're they're saying my design document isn't done so I might as well not release when really mm. they have something really solid to play it's just I don't know for some they're holding them, holding themselves back from it yeah, yeah I mean exactly. the the kind of way we work is um is dogmeat kind of says no. <laughs> no he's kind of he's kind of the quality controller because you know i mean there's only four of us in the team mm-hmm. so when when we come up with something we we put it out there and put it on the team forums and if it's just not achievable for um for dogmeat to do when it's code based he says no and it's as simple as that that's kind of how we work um <laughs> if something isn't achievable for one of our you know for Eisenagi, who's one of our mappers sorry one of our mappers the other mapper um then he says well yeah i'll do that for 0.6 and that's mm-hmm. how we go with it there's no leader there's no there's no one in charge we just say what we can and can't do yeah and that probably makes me sound a lot harsher than i am but to be honest it does need to be, <laughs> it does need to be said sometimes um yeah but also on the you know on the other hand i say yes a lot of the time as well <laughs> <laughs> well somebody has to play a bad cop right yeah, yeah sure um, but you know it, it, it's like Will said, there is, there is no leader. I do say no to things, but I also take other people's suggestions on board and then pretend that they'll be in the next version and hope they forget. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, it seems to be working well for us so far. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, Thomas, yeah. you had some questions? I'm going to pry you guys about the upcoming release. Um, I have had the pleasure mm. of meeting you guys before. Um, unfortunately, we're under less, better circumstances. But anyway... Um, <laughs> <laughs> pleasure in inverted commas. Eh? Yeah, it's like, uh, hey guys, uh, nice meeting you here. Um, <laughs> uh, it's good to see you, man. So, Jeffrey, what's your question? Uh, dinosaurs and robots. Now, where does that come from, and where do I get it on the street? <laughs> 
we 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 basically um right when when we finished 0.4 we knew we had to put player models into the next version and um we we sat down we looked at all our maps and we were like okay there's no coherence in this mod at all you know it's just completely all over the place it's it's very unreal in a sense you know um we had uh anything we fancied doing really we'd stuck in there you know medieval maps and um city maps and all sorts and we thought well if we if we try and tie this down to a kind of particular theme like one thing we had going for a little while was kind of mad max theme um with with kind of uh cop kind of kind of i suppose cops versus robbers in a sense you know we'd have that the the um security forces versus the people who really should be in jail type thing <laughs> and we thought well no that doesn't really work because it doesn't fit with what with all the other stuff we're doing we you know that kind of fits in like some of the maps but you stick that in medieval england and it's like what well, that doesn't make sense at all you know <laughs> so we thought well let's just do something that's completely out there you know that that doesn't have to make sense because if we do that then everything fits <laughs> it's a kind of backward backward thought book process but but we went for that and um we were doing the um the uh, modcast with uh, ryan and uh dave for mod db and we just kind of put the idea out there of um hey we're thinking about doing dinosaurs and robots and it just went from there it was just kind of a joke really. <laughs> but that's People how quickly you guys that's how quickly you guys decide on things from what it sounds like somebody just says something and you're like all right let's just do it yep <laughs> pretty much exactly that pretty much. which is awesome yeah well this is so, it this is what i was talking about earlier with the freedom of mods we can just do this kind of thing you know we're not bound by you know what's going to work for a certain market what's going to work for this or who are we targeting and all that kind of stuff we can just go let's put freaking dinosaurs and robots in our mod and see what happens <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean to a large extent this is a mod for us as well this is very much a hobby you know something we're doing for enjoyment so we want to do something that we're going to find yeah exactly yeah oh, that's interesting but I'm afraid there was no substances involved, and uh, I can't point you in the direction of a dealer. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about your team, though. You guys kind of have a sl uh, kind of a tight knit community. How did you guys meet, and uh, who does what, really? Well, uh, Dogmeat is our coder. He's um, he's also a full time coder as well, so he knows his uh, shit, as it were. And then we've got um, developer. Developer, sorry. <laughs> um, then we have um, <laughs> then we have me. I do mapping, modelling, animation, all the caboodle, and so does Isaac Isaac is um, uh, our other mapper, as it were. He's he, again, he's kind of someone who can do everything. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have Azalito. Um, we we got those two guys on board after 0.3 after we released that version because we that was the kind of version where we thought, okay, this is going somewhere. We know this this could work as a good mod. Let's open the team up a bit, and um, you know, hire some new people, get some really good guys on board. And uh, yeah, we found Isaac directly through Interlopers. I contacted him directly and said, "Hey, we really like your stuff. Come and join us." Um, because and primarily as well because we didn't want we didn't want to have a team consisting of like one person who can do animation, one person who can do modeling, one person who can make weapons, one person who can do this. Because I think we've we've had that experience before where we tried to do that with um with previous mods that Dogme and me have run, and it doesn't work because you you you've got six mappers waiting for one guy to make a model, and six weeks later he's done, and by that time the map is bored. You know we we wanted people who could actually pull off everything they needed to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and they kind of motivate themselves at the same time, right? Precisely. Yeah, that's it. You know, and just and just get on with it. You know, make their own thing. And and Isenagi is 
absolutely superb. I mean, he he him and Azalito really have have helped to redefine the the um the appearance of Jailbreak. You know how it looks as a whole because Izanagi's texture and modeling he's he's absolutely superb at that and his maps themselves have, and Azalito is uh, primarily our player modeler uh, right. he also des- he designed the um, HUD as well um, but he, he's just you know we, we said like make some dinosaurs and robots and you come back with that and we're like we're sold that's done they're great <laughs> you know <laughs> you know he had no he had no other real direction from, from us and he just did it you know this, and that's what we love that's what we love about our team right it's the ability to just go ahead and do stuff, you know. So tell us about this new feature that you guys are implementing into the uh, into the next version called Deathball and how it started. Deathball began um, we, when we released 0.4. Um, we released all the um, mapping materials and, and etc. And, and and really hoped that people would go out there and make custom maps for Jailbreak. And we got a huge response. We got I think twenty maps in the end made for jailbreak and we released a map pack of 14 of them um and one of those maps which we didn't include in the map pack because it was released just a little bit late was um called jbo pong which is a jailbreak objective map because we kind of encourage people to try and make objectives to see where that kind of thing would go because we're considering including it for the future versions and um one chap uh, who'd never made a map before and this kind of goes back on the whole thing i was saying right at the beginning of the show about not releasing your first map this guy released his first map that he'd ever made and it was superb it was because he'd made this whole new game mode he'd never touched input output stuff in hammer before and he figured out how to make um a whole new game mode based on this and it the forums just our forums just blew up with people talking about it and playing it and i think servers went up just dedicated to it and it was so fun and the idea of it was simply um it's like a sport game you got Ball in the middle, team at either end. When the ball is in the goal, the jail is locked. When the ball is pulled out of the goal, the jail is open. And you and people release themselves from the jail. Um, so it perfectly fitted with what we were doing with Jailbreak. You know, it didn't change the game mode too drastically to another game or anything like that. You know, it just fitted exactly with what we're doing. Right. So uh, we, we, we basically thought, okay, this is popular. This is really cool. We're enjoying ourselves. Let's stick it in the next version. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll make our own version of it, and um, yeah, we t- we contacted Knight, who's a who's a huge fan of Jailbreak anyway. He's helped us out loads with loads of different things. He's doing videos and whatnot for us, and um, he was over, you know, well chuffed to have something included, and he gave us the VMF for it, and allowed us to pilfer that to uh, copy and paste virtually all his uh, very clever input output stuff that he generated, and we built a map around that, and Deathball was born. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys add any specific features, though, to the actual mods uh, to Jailbreak Source that would accommodate to gameplay modes like this? Like maybe a new HUD or something, or a scorekeeping ability or something like that? Tell me. Um, well, it's probably more your error, to be honest, because <laughs> a lot of it was actually done in the mapping. Yeah. Uh, we added a, a couple of things, such as um, showing the ball's location on the HUD, but to be honest, that's more or less it. Mm-hmm. At the moment, anyway. And it's certainly something we might build on in the future. Mm. And is, this is it. The guy was clever enough to generate um, scoreboards out of the input-output system, you know, and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, we, we didn't have to do an awful lot to get it working in Jailbreak. Um, we just added things like um, much more clear instructions to the HUD so people can get into the game straight away um, without having to wonder what's going on. And like Dogmeat said, you know, um, you've also got the, 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 the location of the ball is tracked on the HUD the whole time, so you can always make sure you know where it is and you can get to it quickly. 
But yeah, yeah, there wasn't an awful lot we had to do to get it working, which was really cool. That's good. So clearly one of the big features of the jailbreak mod, other than killing people and putting them in jail, is escaping on your own accord. Um, I know that there is usually uh, a series of you know, skill testing jumps or a trap that you have to get around to um, escape the jail. Now I'm wondering, are these going to be getting like, how do you decide when something is uh, perhaps too hard for a new player or... You don't, like, how do you decide what is too hard and what is too easy for an escape route, if you will? Generally, when the beta testers whinge too much. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this, this, is, this is probably a good to- good point to um, thank our beta testing team. We've got an absolutely fantastic team that turn up every week mm. and, um, and test the hell out of our, well, out of the mod mm. as a whole. Um, and you would not believe some of the, the screenshots and bugs they find in the maps, mm. you know. No, they do. All the way down to minor texture alignment issues and things like that, as well as obviously the bigger issues. Um, but basically, we take their feedback and build on that, try it again next week and see how it goes from there. Mm. I mean, obviously, um, that, I mean, they, they tend to bear in mind, you know, that they play every week, whereas other people might not have. So, you know, we're not just basing it on their skill level, because obviously they're a hell of a lot better at playing it than uh, someone who's just picked it up. Yeah, it's, it, is a, it is difficult when you've got um, a group of beta testers who have been testing week on week on week and they've got used to the timings of the jumps and things like that. So they can just blast through them. So, And one thing we do tend to do in the last sort of couple of weeks of uh, testing is bring in outside people and just get them to give their first impressions of everything because um, that can give us a good idea then. You know, a completely fresh new, play, fresh new beta tester and they can come in and say, holy shit, the laser escape is impossible. <laughs> um, or holy shit, the jumping puzzle is just, I don't even understand where I'm going. You know, And that can kind of give us a good direction to, cha- to change something then. So it's kind of a good practice thing we do. Um, and it tends to be somebody, um, I mean, we got, we, we've got Blink in at the moment from interlopers.net who's doing the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks now. And he's really ripping you know, things to put rings. He's been ripping things to shred as much as he can to kind of give us a really good idea of what's working and what isn't. And we've been right. taking what he says on board because, I mean, he's he's a very knowledgeable chap and really, really good guy. We're good friends with him. So to have someone like him who's able to really articulate what he thinks should be changed and what he thinks is working and what isn't is fantastic for us. You know, I mean, he, he basically, um he came on at the end of 0.4 as well and gave us some really good pointers and made some major changes to Jailbreak as a result. So that, again, is really helpful. So we kind of try different tactics to, to work out what, is working or isn't in terms of escape routes and we think we've nailed it this time <laughs> we think <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, it's a very difficult it's a difficult balance to achieve because mm. um, obviously we don't we want to make it accessible to new players but we also need to make it um, you know challenging enough that when you you're still playing it it's not too easy to escape because then that would make it really difficult to capture everyone so it's definitely a balance we have there right uh, kind of a segue into that is um, maybe this is more for Andrew but where do you get your inspirations for all the traps? Because, I mean, you have to get at one point where you exhaust all your resources and you say to yourself, oh, I don't want to repeat the same trap that's, or kind of escape route that's in this other map. I want to mm. try to do something nice or different. Where do you get your creativity for something like that? A lot of it has come from films um, and really good moments in films. Like, I mean, the one of the best escape routes in my mind, anyway. Um, I made it, so I would think it's one of the best. But uh, <laughs> one of the most popular ones is, um, in, is in the map Woodneck with the laser escape. And it's that's totally inspired by Resident Evil with that sequence in the uh, oh, yeah. in the tunnel where they get sliced to shreds. Yeah, you know that that was fantastic, fantastic scene. And I I thought that's got to be in here. We've got to put that in. 
Um, likewise, um, Isanagi's map, Misrain, one of the new maps that's coming in Jailbreak 0.5, um, that's sort of based on Indiana Jones. We've got, um, yeah, I think it was Indiana Jones' uh, Last Crusade, I think it was, where he had to step across certain um, uh, floor panels in a tomb, yeah. and only only certain ones were could be stood on. You know what I mean? Um, and the idea of this this escape is that you know you, you've got you've, you've got to take a certain path through it, which yes, you find out both through trial and error to an, to an extent, but it's quite obvious because the ones you're supposed to stand on are green and the others aren't. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you, you know, if you if you can get you jump onto them and you get out, and it, and jumping on a green one opens the door, so you can get out. Um, but something new we've kind of integrated into the, the escapes this time is having escapes that are kind of dynamic. So the more players there are in a map, the harder the escapes become. Because we found that with more more players in jailbreak maps in 0.4, people would just be escaping in like a line. You know what I mean? And and to, to keep people in and actually win a round could take 20 minutes. And that mm. was really frustrating. So so some of the maps now have this this thing where if there's more people in a map, you can't escape as quickly. Right. Simple as that, how, you know. How do you guys uh, prevent against... A, a perfect example might be this Indiana Jones one. Say you have somebody malicious in the server who just wants to kill everybody. How do you <laughs> prevent somebody like that from uh, going through and, you know, ruining it for the whole team almost? Don't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this isn't something that you guys... <laughs> <laughs> with um, difficulty grief, well, grief a, lo- a lot of these escapes that Wills are talking about do have more than one route through okay. I think it would be quite hopefully I say it would be quite difficult to grief mm. in that way obviously this is something we'll see when we release yeah. <laughs> um, I mean I know we got a lot of griefing on some maps in the past in 0.4 because we had like a, a ventilation shaft to go through to get to the escape route um, and people used to just block it and yeah. there's no way you could get around them and that just really wrecked wrecked the whole game you know um so what we've done in this one is widened up all the escape routes so there's no way one person can block it you know it's simple as that and that's kind of nailed that one that's um, classic sven co-op griefing yeah but <laughs> right. it was just so frustrating when somebody used to do it and you just think oh god you know i just had bound my kick kick button to a certain player you know <laughs> um, <laughs> um but yeah i mean but now i mean i think i don't we, we we've been actively trying to grief escapes in the beta testing Mm-hmm. Um, to kind of think, you know, with the mentality of a griefer after we had so much after 0.4. And I think we're pretty much sorted now. I don't think there's any way to really, really wreck somebody's game in terms of the escape routes now. You might have you might have some arse who just decides to make it so that no one can escape for a couple of, I don't know, 30 seconds, you know what I mean? But then by the time he's got back to going to grief it all again, people will have escaped. So, yeah, right. it shouldn't be an issue. And ultimately, the internet's full of lovely people who would never want to do these things. I'm sure. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, the internet is truly uh, a plethora of saints. <laughs> the, pin- <laughs> the pinnacle of mankind. <laughs> of well, what no, does I the future? I mean... Sorry, go on, sorry. Go I was just going to say, I think you know, the, the, one of the things we did like about um, the last release was that so many people were good and they didn't uh, grief. We just we we had quite a minor problem with grief. Really, it was quite nice. Yeah, that's good then. I mean, you guys do have a niche community where uh, mm. a lot of people really appreciate what you're doing. So at least it's not like a AAA title where you get everybody and you know their five year old kids playing. So mm. <laughs> absolutely, um, go for it, Thomas. Yeah. So I just have one more question, and this one I've actually asked before. Um, in this new release, are we going to see any 
uh, radically different weapons, like some kind of effect weapon or something that just turns someone into a pile of molten goo, anything like that? <laughs> Not really, no. I mean, the main the main weapon we've got in the new one is the automatic shotgun, um, which is a beastly weapon that used in close range is really deadly, but long range is utterly useless. Um, but no, I mean, we didn't want to concentrate on weapons for this one. We wanted to get the last Half-Life 2 weapon out, which was the shotgun. Right. Um, and replace that with a new one and then I'm hoping if Dogmeat will let us <laughs> um, to put in some extra weapons for 0.6 which will be much more because um, we, we uh, I'll, uh, say this now as a podcast exclusive we are going to be turning Jailbreak 0.6 over to the Orange Box engine um, and Dogmeat's yeah man <laughs> Dogmeat's Dog already uh, begun work on that a little bit over the last couple of weeks um, just having a look into how it's going to be done and things like that and I'd love, 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 love to use the particle engine to change some of the existing weapons um, into much more sort of devastating and interesting effects and also add a couple of new ones, maybe, you know, much more crazy shit, basically. <laughs> Go for it, Dom. Yeah. What are you going to say? Yeah, my my current plans are the railgun's going to get a complete overhaul mm. because, I mean, that's got it's got a nice effect, but it's reasonably basic. Um, so I'm going to rework that with the particle engine somehow, I think. Mm. Um and Will's also lied, we still have one weapon left in the Half-Life universe, which is the, the slam. Yes, so yes. we're going to replace that with something. Uh, we've been throwing around a few ideas. I quite like the idea of either just sort of a GoldenEye-style proximity mine, or maybe a sort of sticky bomb that you throw and sticks to a wall or something like that. Or people. <laughs> <laughs> which would be very, very fun. <laughs> or little bunnies. You can replace it with little bunnies. Or kittens. <laughs> little kittens. Alice yeah. <laughs> Kittens with lasers. Uh, oh no, I can't spoil it. <laughs> no, there's something. Yeah, really. Dumb. No, okay, wait, oh, wait. But definitely, when when Jailbreak <laughs> comes out, you, you have to check out one of the executions. Funniest okay. thing in the world. <laughs> You'll see it next week. All right, all right. What does the future have in store for Jailbreak Source, though? Beyond beyond uh, point six, what can we expect from one point <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah, it could be an entirely different mod by one. Oh. We don't plan that far ahead. <laughs> I mean, you know, like we were saying, we pick a few features, we do them, play them, move on. So, I mean, 0.6 is really as far as we've planned, I think, mm. unless Wills has anything to add to it that I've forgotten. Not really, no. I mean, I've mm. got a couple of ideas in my head for 0.6 and 0.7, but nothing that I've, uh, that is really drastic. I mean, the thing is, I mean, 0.5 is kind of where we thought we would be at about 0.8, in essence. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, you know. So we're we're kind of ahead of ourselves in a sense. Um, so yeah, I mean, there may not be huge changes by one point zero, but it, again, it could be enormous changes. We just we, we we kind of play it as we come. You know, this is a hobby for us. This is just fun. We just we just trundle along making stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's your greatest motivation then for the mod in terms of development? For me personally, it's solving interesting challenges. I think. Um, Taking the railgun, for example, I'm quite keyed up to have a you know start playing with the particle um, system. I'm a software developer by trade, um, so I inherently find these things interesting. Superhero by night, you know, <laughs> fun to play with. Um, so that that's a large part of my motivation, I think. Yeah, totally. I mean, for me, it's just making something that looks really cool. I mean, I I, I want the I want I want something that's just really fun. You know that feels fun when you play it, and you just jump in and play for half an hour and just have a laugh. That's that's my motivation. You know, just mm-hmm. just enjoying ourselves and, and having other people enjoy it. Right. Yeah. Now this is going to be a question for both of you. Um, 
first we'll start with dog meat because you know you're the coder. But what would you say to somebody who's getting right into Source that wants to start their own mod and uh, you know doesn't know really where to start or what to do? What would you suggest to them? Well, I think it's going to be largely re reiterating what we've already been talking about. Um, so start simple, start small, do little things. Um, I think one of the other important things is not being afraid to ask questions. Uh, there's some absolutely fantastic development resources out there. The Valve developer community is there's some pretty good tutorials on there. Uh, the Half-Life Coders email list has been a source of invaluable help at times. Mm. And get in contact with other mod developers. Yeah. That's something I just wanted to add to Dogmeat's answer, you know. Talk talk to other mod developers because everybody's willing to you know everybody's willing to help out you know. So what about from the mapping side, Andrew? What would you suggest for that? Um, learn to map. Um, <laughs> go to go, <laughs> go to interlopers.net. Get involved in the community there because they are the that is the best community for learning to map. I mean they are they are tough on people. You know, uh, there's no doubt about that. They are very but they're very constructive and they really help. And there's so many good tutorials there to help to help you out and learn to map. Um, and look for inspiration in real life all the time. That's something that really helps. Um, but yeah, I mean, totally. Start out small, start out basic. Make something really good. Make it a good gameplay. It, you know, you don't have to worry too much about how it looks to start with. If the gameplay is spot on and it's a really fun map, people will enjoy it. And I just want to mention um, Fragout here. Because um, Fragout started on the Jailbreak forums. As um, we have this little thing on the Jailbreak website called the Jailbreak Developers Group. Um, basically, we encourage <laughs> encourage people to start new mods. Oh, Hell yeah, it's a big plug. What's <laughs> well, all you um, want, man? You guys yeah, are the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's basically like a, a place where we help people start little mods and encourage them to make really small, um, iterative mods that they develop over time. Um, um, yeah, so yeah, so Fragout started out there and, and they've totally taken on board what, what you know, the, the principle of it, of, of making something which is um, simple, straightforward, just good gameplay, you know? Um, and that's what I think all modders should do, start out like that, make something that's completely new and completely fun, and just start small. Right. So that's good that you guys encourage, uh, you know, other mod development groups, you know, it's, it's like mm -hmm. you guys don't care about competition almost. Hell no, no. There shouldn't be competition between mods, really. It's just it's all fun, you know. Um, and we give away our assets as well. That's another part of the Jailbreak Developers Group. Is we say to people if they want to make a mod um, and have some help from us, you can have our assets. You know, all our all our models, textures, whatnot. Take them. Right. Do what you want with them. <laughs> obviously, yeah. Obviously, there's a small caveat with that in that you have to give us credit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't know, claim it's, it's uh... all your own work. <laughs> But yeah, no, we we don't mind people doing that at all. You know, it's it's, it's up to them. Right. Very cool. Very cool. So, where can people go to uh, find out more about Jailbreak, and uh, when can they expect you know your newest release? Uh, well, the Jailbreak Source website, jailbreaksource.com, um, that has the latest news, as it were. <laughs> um, and our forums are a great place to talk about Jailbreak. Obviously, um, there's a lot of people on our forums. We've got big big community. Well, I said big, medium sized community, and a very enthusiastic one. Um, in terms of the next release, dog meat. Do you want to answer that one? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you'll probably hate me, but we're having uh, a crash issue at the moment, which is not fun. Um, and this is probably another bit of advice I'd give to uh, people starting out. I think, which is be honest. I don't have a problem with being honest. People knowing that we're having slight issues. Mm. I mean, there's no point promising you're going to deliver something if you can't. Mm. Um, so yeah, so we're looking into this crash issue at the moment, and our release is basically going to be entirely dependent on when we get that sorted, mm. which is 
obviously not the, always the fun side of development. Um, you're making some headway, but unfortunately it's the nastiest sort of bug you can have where there's no real indication where it's coming from. Um, so yeah, I mean that's all there is to say. Yeah, really, I think. I mean, get that sorted. It'll be released. Yeah, obviously, we, our intention is to get it out by the end of this month. That was always, in, you know, that's our intention for the last sort of month or so. But this this crash bug has really kicked back, kicked that at the moment. So we're not hundred percent sure right now whether we will definitely get it out by the end of this month. If, however, tonight it turns out we fixed it because we got a new release candidate out to the beast testers tonight, then we'll maybe release this week. See, I think that's what that's the beauty about being honest with uh, your community too. Um, I mean, you can say, "Listen, we have this crash, uh, and we can't release," and then people start to say, "Okay, well, they got a crash; they can't release it." Whereas most people say, "You know, well, when it's done, um, and keep everybody in the dark, and then people think you're not working on it or you don't care." Mm. I mean, so long as you're honest with the community, then people will accept whatever you say, really. You know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'd, hopefully, I don't understand why why mod teams keep people in the dark so much. You know, it's just, it, it's fun. Just tell everybody yeah. what's going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in terms in terms of features, we are feature complete now. Mm. We're not adding anything else to it. It's literally just this one last issue that we're trying to solve. Yep. Ooh. And once once we know that that's stable, then it's all theme ahead. We're going to get servers updated, get the file mirrors up, and that could be as early as Wednesday or Thursday. You know. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. All right. So I think if that not, about closes it up. Oh, sorry. Go for it. I was just going to say, if not, it could be later. (laughs) (laughs) I think that about closes it up with our interview. We have one listener audio question this week. It was actually for last week, but he got the question in Sunday afternoon while I was editing the podcast, so it had to be carried over this week. Hey, this is Triple M. I've actually got two questions. The first one is, which mods as well as retail games have you guys played more than once? I know that when uh, Philip was still an official co-host, he mentioned several times that he rarely played through anything more than once. So I'm just wondering which games and mods you guys liked enough to play through more than once. And my second question is, is William actually Todd Howard in disguise? Because he sounds exactly like him. In case you don't know who he is, he's from Bethesda Studios and the most recent game he worked on was Fallout 3. Listen to this interview. You two sound exactly alike. It's funny, the game's, you know, wrapping up now in a few weeks and after spending four years on it, it's kind of funny to look back at the game and see all of these ideas that have um, come to life and come together. So what what mods have you guys played? Um, numerous occasions. PvK2. Oh, PvK2. 100%. That's yep. a good, it's a good Ab- mod. Absolutely love PvK2. Uh, it's, it's, it, and I think partly because it's kind of got the same mentality that we have of just making a really fun mod. There's nothing hugely serious about it. It's just hack and slash mayhem. Love it. <laughs> I remember playing Pirates, Vikings, and Knights with all my friends, and uh, we would just play as uh, Vikings, and we would just Viking smash everything. We would just yep. stay in one area, and nobody could ever get through us. It was just <laughs> Yeah, go berserk, go berserk all the time. It's absolutely fantastic. No, I mean, yeah, that... I, Jet, PvK2, superb. Easily oh. one of the best mods out there. For me, I think uh, I always go back to play Empires. Um, yeah. I really, really enjoy Empires. I don't know what it is, but I always say that uh, I enjoy it way better than, say, Battlefield 2 or something like that. I don't know what it is. I just kind of like the whole idea of uh, an expansive environment. and Obviously, Sven Co-op. I always play Sven Co-op. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, that's the mod that I've come back to the most yeah, times over the years, because I mean, that's been going for so long mm-hmm. now. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Action that's... Half-Life would be another one as well, From if, if we're talking over the years. <laughs> oh, Action Half-Life, Half-Life is fun. Absolutely amazing, yeah. Yeah. Totally. And there's still people playing it, which is just baffles my mind. 
<laughs> Thomas? And obviously Jailbreak. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so many, so many games. And unfortunately, I have had my fists in papers the last like month and a half, Ooh. so I'm trying to think. What was the last thing I played? It's awful. <laughs> um, but Pirates, Vikings, and Nikes, yeah, that definitely gets my vote. That's mm. just fun, especially running around as a pirate with a big powder keg full of explosives and throwing up. <laughs> and it's the pirate, so, too. Brilliant. It's so deliciously cheap. Just <laughs> to be like, oh, there you go, have this. And then everyone runs. Doesn't matter who oh, you are, yeah. you're going to be afraid of a yep. big thing of gunpowder. Yep. But, uh, no, that gets my vote. Uh, Suicide Survival, that is a game that I can pick up anytime, anywhere. So, PVK that is and uh, game. Suicide Survival mm -hmm. will be my votes. How are you what guys act Sorry, just as a segue, because Suicide Revi Survival now always reminds me of Mod of the Year. How stoked were you guys when you guys made Mod of the Year for Second String? Uh, for the second, sorry? Well, for the, you know, the second iteration, the second phase. Oh, right, yeah, oh, we were absolutely, like, jumping. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, to me, that was, to me, that's enough now, you know what I mean? That, to make it into the top 100, it just... No, it's bloody not. <laughs> I mean, obviously, continue voting, please, but that has made me just the happiest guy, honestly. Because it's so cool to just be, be set, you know, to have the community come and, you know, vote for you and say, yeah, we think you're the top notch, mod of the, mod, you know, one of the top notch mod of the years. It's great. Mm -hmm. means a hell of a lot yeah uh, yeah really thanks to everyone that voted mm. it's absolutely fantastic yeah i mean and if you can vote us into the top 10 then please do that'd be great too <laughs> you got my vote oh thank you very much <laughs> um and do you guys think i sound like that guy i don't know i don't know if i sound like him i thought he sounded like a woman <laughs> great <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you sound like a woman that's what i'm saying <laughs> but i think he, whoever the, was that was that guy seriously I don't know. He said it was some guy from Bethesda, some developer yeah. from Bethesda. I thought it was—I thought it was like a maybe thirty-eight-year-old, forty-year-old woman. Huh. weird. So no, I don't think he said anything like. <laughs> oh well, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> cool. Thomas, are you going to compliment me as well? Um, that's a good question. It doesn't sound like you unless you were snorting helium, and then <laughs> maybe, maybe, but. Uh, no, I don't think you're him, because if you are, then I would be expecting some pretty good perks right about now for keeping it quiet. <laughs> Maybe I am him in disguise, and I just do this on Sundays for fun. Well, if you are, then I expect at least 500 American dollars in my PayPal account to say that you're not him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I think that's about the end of the show. Uh, we'll wrap it up on that. I'd like to thank uh, you, Thomas, for being on the show, as always. Thank you. It's always good to be here. And I'd like to thank our guests, Andrew and Dogmeat, from uh, Jailbreak Source. Thank you very much. Very much it's enjoyable. It's been a pleasure. As indeed. And, of course, thank our listeners. Of course, check out www.podcast17.com. Guys, you got to comment on our podcast. been kind of going down. Um, this is where I start to get really deep really deep with our listeners but uh we need more comments we need to know that you guys care so uh comment on our podcast you can also comment on our mod db profile too that's cool too that boosts my ego as well um it's always good to have more and more people um you know commenting and giving us appreciation i like that sort of stuff uh also uh vote for us 
You can subscribe for our iTunes, and that gets our iTunes vote up as well. So that keeps us going and reminds us there are people listening. Um, so anyway, so I think that's it. Also, audio questions. We need audio questions. Um, you can use our comment system to record an audio question, and we will play it on the show, just like we did with Triple M. So um, without further ado, uh, see you guys next week.